0: I'm Toby Mitchell, Senior Editor for ESG and Sustainability at PEI, and Editor of New Private Markets, a publication that digs deep into sustainability and impact investing across private debt, private equity, real estate and infrastructure. In this episode of Spotlight, we look at the book The Key Man, out now, which chronicles the story of Arif Naqvi. At the height of its pomp, Naqvi's firm, the Abraj Group, looks set to upend the old world order of private equity. As impact investing was coming of age, NACV was its loudest proponent, promising to mobilise private capital to eradicate global poverty, while haranguing the Western buyout establishment for taking their eyes off the ball on governance, transparency, philanthropy and stakeholder management. At the same time, however, he was diverting investor capital, $780 million of it according to liquidators, to maintain his image as a modern private equity doyen. I had a chat with one of the book's co-authors, Simon Clark, over Zoom. After gushing a bit about how great it was and that everyone in private equity or impact investing should read it, I started by asking him whether the story of a suggested that there was something wrong with the way private capital was raised. After all, this is a firm that raised $3 billion from established institutional investors for a fund, while behind the scenes it was falling to pieces and portfolio valuations were being artificially inflated.
1: I think that's a very good question, Toby. And I think that that's a question that it's for the readers and your readers to really decide the answer. With Will, I've reported a book. It's written like a novel, but it's all true. Every sentence has been you know, fact-checked, corroborated. And it describes an extraordinary firm which said it was the best of the best, but behind the scenes was falling to pieces. And there's clearly a flaw somewhere, certainly within the firm, certainly within the jurisdictions where it operated. I think there is an issue in private equity, and I think there's a broader issue in the entire capitalist system that this points to. I mean, money is moving around the world. It is moving through secrecy jurisdictions, otherwise known as offshore financial centres. Sometimes when we're able to pull back the veil we see something shocking, and that's what happened in Abraj. So yeah, I do think there are definitely structural issues. This is certainly not all the doing of one person or one firm.
0: We got onto one of the big themes of the book, in my eyes anyway, where the limitations of impact investing lie. Abraj was promising to bring healthcare to the poorest people in the world while also making money.
1: As Abraj evolved into the leading impact investing firm. The pitch was, I will make you money, dear investors, and at the same time, I will end global poverty, we will help end poverty. So we'll make money and we'll end poverty at the same time. And what's not to like about that? I mean, if it's doable, great. The trouble is money then disappeared. But the key thing here is that the appeal to ending poverty was an appeal and is an appeal by all impact investing firms to provide a public good, a service. And because it's making that appeal, they gain access to public funds, development finance institutions. And those institutions give um, impact investing firms money to invest because they believe that they will help make the world a better place. And when those impact investing firms are raising money, they're very articulate, they say lots of things, and it all sounds great. And then when it goes disastrously wrong, no one will talk to you. So there's a big issue of transparency here, right? I think private equity can and does do amazing things. And I think private equity people, when they really apply themselves and if they're channeled, could genuinely play a role in helping make the world a better place and achieving the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals to end poverty by 2030. But... There needs to be more transparency about what they're doing especially if they're doing it with public money because otherwise the things that go wrong are going to be buried and not learned from and then they'll probably happen again the things that go really well hope probably we will hear about that because people like to talk about success people don't like to talk about failures or mistakes but if it's, we're going to do something as incredible as end poverty and solve the climate situation and et cetera, then there are likely to be mistakes along the way, and if we can't talk about them, then that's that's a problem. I mean, I'm not just the you know, criminal mistakes, like innocent mistakes.
0: So, can private capital play a role in saving the planet?
1: So this is a case of balance and right relationship. Private capital can play, must play, has to, can only play a very important role in providing various services and doing amazing things, but it can't do it all alone. Government has to play an important role. Regulators have to play an important role. And in many cases, taxpayer funded or tax funded services, you know, does look like they can probably do a better job than those services being provided by private capital. So, Abraj had this hugely ambitious project to create a global healthcare fund to provide health services. To the poorest in the poorest countries in Africa and Asia. You know there's probably a very strong case at this point that it would be better if those countries were more effective at raising taxation and spending that taxation on health and education services as happens in the United Kingdom. You know we have a taxpayer-funded healthcare system and it's proven to work very well in this Covid crisis. An argument that private capital can do this all thank you very much is at least implicitly an argument for government to get out of the way and stop taxing us so we can get on with it. Maybe sometimes that's the right course of action, but maybe sometimes it's not. It's just a PR campaign to reduce or eliminate taxation on companies and very wealthy people.
0: I asked Clark about another major theme of the book. Here, we're using investment model, private funds, that makes a virtue of enriching those who do it successfully as a way of making the world a better place? If one of the major problems this world faces is inequality and extreme poverty, is this type of investment doomed to be part of the problem rather than part of the solution?
1: That is a good question. and I hope you don't think I'm gonna dodge it when I think you should really ask that to the impact investors. What I'll say is that we make it very clear in the book that there is a profound absence in this story and in the field of impacting investing in general. And that is, is a profound absence of poor people involved in the conversation about impact investing. So we actually have a chapter on impact investing. And the first line of that chapter is, um, the meeting to end poverty started with cocktails before dinner. It's a pretty exclusive group of people having a conversation about being inclusive, in my experience. And I think, before we find the answers to the, the issues, it would be good to have a broader conversation. And there's another line in the epilogue, which I hope becomes much discussed in the book, which is that to have conversations about the global economy and poverty with only relatively wealthy or rich people in the room should become as unacceptable as a room full of men talking about gender equality. I mean, it, it, when, the more you think about it, the more absurd it seems.
0: So what would Clark like readers to take away from this book?
1: I do genuinely, sincerely hope that this book starts a conversation which I personally think is long overdue. It's yeah. not about demonising anyone or any company or any industry or any geography. There is a need for a genuinely inclusive conversation where people who haven't necessarily listened to each other before do start to listen to each other. I think it's really sad what's happened at Abraj, and I'm sorry that it has caused a lot of hurt to a lot of people, including Arif Naqvi. You know, he's probably suffered more than anyone else as a result of this. You know, there's plenty of evidence that he's now bearing the consequences of things that he has done, right? but it doesn't make it easier to be in that situation. That,
0: again, was Simon Clarke, who co-authored with Will Louch, The Key Man. It is, in my view, a must-read for anyone in this business, so go grab a copy. This is Toby Mitchnell signing off for PEI and New Private Markets.